0: I always feel like I have to introduce myself even though I've, I've been coming here to this church for 10 years. Uh, I followed uh, 27 years of pastoral ministry in two churches. Uh, God reassigned me into the what I would call the mission field and that is uh, I'm currently uh, serving as a principal of a middle school in Lake Isabella. And uh, so I see myself as a a missionary of life point uh, to Lake Isabella, serving uh, the middle school uh, kids in Lake Isabella. Um, And uh, so because of that distance and because of the time that's committed to there, my involvement here at our church, my family, uh, has, you know, it's, it's, I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not, involved in lots of ways that I'd like to be involved and so I feel like I each time I get the opportunity and Pastor Tom usually gives me a couple times a year the, the opportunity to to speak to you uh, I I feel kind of like I'm brand new every time I step up here and uh, anyway um, I am uh, very excited about sir uh, ministering uh, the message this morning I have um I spent some time, you know, when Pastor Tom asked me if I would be willing to uh, share on this particular Sunday. I, one of my first things as I began to look through all my 27 years of sermons that I had given over the uh, over that time period, and looked at the sermons and the slides and all that, and and uh, was seeing if there was something there that God would want me to use. And I did that, and then I I shifted to uh, perhaps God would like me to talk about some of the challenges that. That I face as a missionary in the uh, public education field and working with children and and just the uh, the importance and and the need that I see among our youth that perhaps that 's what God would want me to talk about and uh, I kind of moved from that uh, to remembering a message that uh, Pastor Tom had shared uh, sometime in this past year where he just talked about uh, David and Goliath and that whole uh, scenario and um that began to kind of stir up some of the things that when I walked away from that message some of the things that God began to speak to my heart uh as um uh, regarding the things that I faced and the things that I saw others around me facing and my family face um I felt like God was kind of directing me to to talk to you about um the story uh, that comes from uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17, we'll be looking at those verses that centers around uh, David and Goliath. I always think in terms of, especially as I come to the end of a year, God, what is it that you want me to focus on in the coming year? It's not like a New Year's resolution. It's more like just, God, what's, what's your intent? What's your purpose? What is it that you want to accomplish in my life? Where do you want me to focus? And, uh, and so I'm thinking about 2020. I mean, I'm just amazed that I'm, I'm going to walk into that new year, 2020, 2020. Um, and I think the, the, the phrase that really stands out to me, that I feel God's speaking to my heart, and perhaps He would be speaking it to your hearts, is to stay God-focused. In 2020, stay God-focused, and your giants will tumble. Stay God-focused, and your giants will Will tumble. I'm amazed at the Word of God. I'm amazed at how, you know, over my 60 plus years of, of uh, growing up in church, hearing the stories of the Bible, Dave and Goliath, one of those that I've heard over and over many times throughout the years, that each time God can say something new and fresh that applies and is relevant to my life today. And I believe that as we look at this story, and even, even though we've heard it taught and preached and, and learned from it ourselves in different ways, that I believe God would have a fresh word for you today. Uh, one that He speaks to your heart, to what you're facing. And I believe that with all my heart. And I'd like to just open up uh, with a prayer as we dive into the Word of God here. Father God, I thank you for your word that you speak to us. Lord, that talks to us about your grace, your love. Lord, your purpose, your plans. Um, Lord, the help that you want to give us. Father, your salvation. Lord, I just thank you for that. And Father, as we open your word today, Lord, I pray that through your Holy Spirit that you would speak a fresh word that applies to each and every person here today. That all of us will go home with a sense of you've talked to us, you've given us some hope. You've given us some direction. Um, Lord, your grace is abound. And uh, Lord, we just open ourselves up to you. Speak to our hearts as we read your word today. In your name we pray. Amen. So, the story begins with the Philistines and and uh, and the army of Israel gathering on two uh, mountainsides. One on one side, one on the other side, a valley in between. And... Uh, they were just separated by this valley. Every day they would come out, they'd take their battle positions, and they waited for what, Okay, what's about to happen. And then here would come Goliath, um, the Philistine champion from Gath. And Goliath was over nine feet tall, a massive beast of a man wearing 125 pounds of armor that he wore on his body. And every day he would come out and he would challenge the Israelites to send a representative to fight him one-on-one to settle the dispute. Every single day, for 40 days in a row, Goliath came out morning and evening and he would challenge the children of Israel with no takers. No one would stand up. But... 41, day 41 was this magic number that some things began to happen. David's three oldest brothers were on the front line and his father sent David to take them food and, uh, and some supplies to their commander. In First Samuel chapter 17, verses 20 to 26, it says, So David rose early in the morning. "...left the sheep with a keeper, and took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to the fight and shouting for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in battle array, army against army. And David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper, ran to the army, and came and greeted his brothers. Then as he talked with them, there was the champion... The Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines. And he spoke according to the same words. So David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches." will give him his daughter and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? So here was David facing Goliath. A giant whose armor weighed almost as much as David weighed. A giant with a spear. A spearhead was over 25 pounds and a sword. A giant whose ridicule and challenges were heard 80 times by the Israelites, twice a day. What is your giant's name? We all have them. We all face giants in our life. Your giant probably doesn't carry a sword. Instead, your giant probably brandishes blades of threats, fear, unemployment, abandonment, abuse, Depression, intimidation, health, and I could go on and on. You could probably think of some of your own that you identify with here or some others that I haven't even mentioned that you would say are giants in your life. Your giant doesn't march out necessarily in front of everyone to call you out. However, he probably marches through your job place, your home, your car, perhaps even your church. He may bring to you bills that you can't pay or people that you can't seem to please temptations you can't refuse, a career that you can't escape a past that That you can't shake. And a future that you can't face. Like Goliath challenged the Israelites twice a day. Your giant may be the first thought in the morning. And your last worry at night. Your Goliath dominates your day. He infiltrates your joy. But I'm not telling you anything new. You know your Goliath. You recognize his walk. And you wince when he begins to talk to you in your thoughts. We all, every one of us, face giants. Have faced them in the past and we will face them In 2020. Is your giant all you see and hear? In verse 26, it said Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? See, David shows up to this battle talking about God. The soldiers had mentioned nothing about him. His brothers never even spoke the name of God. But David takes one step Onto the scene, and he raises the subject of the living God. Who defies the armies of the living God? In verse 37, he does the same thing with King Saul. No chit chat about strategy or what are the odds of uh, beating this giant? What would be the best way to do it? What do I need to be able to conquer this giant? Just a God birthed announcement that says, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. David continues the same theme when he faces Goliath. In verses 45 and 47, you can see how David responded when Goliath mocked him. Verse 45 says that David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, but the battle is the Lord's, and He will give you into our hands. Now here's what we need to learn from this example given here in this passage. No one else there discusses God. But David discusses no one else but God. This whole lesson here is is more than just David versus Goliath. This is God focus versus giant focus. David sees what others don't, and he refuses to see what others do. All eyes, except for David, fall on the huge beast of a man, spewing hate and impending doom on them. Remember, this has been going on for 40 days. I mean, these guys had a master's degree on Goliath. They've been listening to him for 40 days. Morning and nighttime. But David majors in God. His focus was on God. Obviously, he sees the giant before him, he sees what he's faced with. But he just sees God more so. Verse 45 says Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with sword with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. I find it interesting that he says, the armies of Israel. The common observer sees only one army, the army of Israel. But not David. I think he sees platoons of angels and infantries of saints, the weapons of the wind and the forces of the earth. God could pellet the enemy with hell as he did with Moses. He could collapse the walls like he did for Joshua or stir thunder as he did for Samuel. David sees the armies of God and as a result, with utmost faith and confidence... Because of what he was seeing, because of where his focus was, he was able to move forward with utmost faith and confidence. He ran to meet the Philistine. Verse 48 says So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. He ran. He ran to meet the giant. What happened when he got there? What happened when David ran to meet his giant? He defeated Goliath. He took him down. When was the last time you did what David did and ran towards your challenge? I've I've experienced that. And I've also watched others do it. And it's amazing when you see someone, family members, running to God and running to the challenge that they're faced with and slaying that giant. What do we tend to do instead? Oftentimes we hide We retreat, we act like the giant isn't there, we try to ignore the giant, we get ourselves focused and distracted and fill our time with something else, but eventually everything that we retreat to, everything that we hide behind, everything that we use to fill our time, it goes away. And then believe it or not, we hear the booming voice of our Goliath again. Shouting out those words of intimidation, fear, anger. As we move into 2020, we need to have a different tactic. Rush your giant with a God-saturated soul filled with prayer and fasting and and thoughts just uh, overflowing, God thoughts. One of the wonderful things about worship each week when we come together and we sing these songs is that it begins to cause us to think about God and get our minds and our thought overflowing with how great and how awesome and how magnificent God is and what He's come to do for us and how His focus is on us. (coughs) It talks about that, that song, So Will I. The last part of it says... 8 billion different graces of God. And it's talking about the people, how God created each and every person. Very specifically, and He came to bring salvation to every single person. So Sunday's become that time where it helps us get our focus and realign ourselves with a God focus rather than a giant focus. How long has it been since you loaded your sling and took a swing at your giant? If it's been too long, then David is your man. He's, a, he's a, an example for his followers to say, you know what? My focus is on God. I'm going to run and face that giant. I'm going to take that sling. I'm going to take a swing at him and watch him tumble. It's interesting to note about David. It, God says about David, he says, in the scripture it says that David was a man after God's own heart. Now I've, I've thought about that a lot over the years. What does it mean to be a man after God's own heart? I want to be that kind of man. I want to be that kind of person, a person after God's own heart. What does that mean? Personally, I think it has a lot to do with a desire, and a commitment to do the will of God. I want to do what God wants me to do. I want to go where He wants me to go. Again, that song, So Will I. If if He wants to send me, I I want to go. If He wants me to praise and worship, I want to praise and worship. A man after God's own heart, a person after God's own heart, is a person that desires and endeavors to do the will of God. It's a person who is pliable, who's teachable, that says, God, I want to learn, teach me, change me. I want to become more like you. That's a man. That's a person after God's own heart. I find it interesting that he didn't give that designation to any other person in the Bible. He didn't give it to Abraham. He didn't give it to Moses. He didn't give it to Joseph. He didn't give it to Paul or John. David wasn't perfect. He didn't get that distinction because he was perfect and somehow he lived at a, a, a level above every other human being. He was not perfect. You could actually say about David that he fell as often as he stumbled. He, he, he fell as often as he stood, he stumbled as often as he conquered. He stared down Goliath, but he also ogled. At Bathsheba. He defied the God mockers in the valley, but he joined them in the wilderness. He could lead armies to victory, but he couldn't manage his own family. And the fact that God saw David as a man after his own heart gives hope to every single one of us. So, I can identify with David. You can identify with David. Standing, stumbling, falling, conquering, up one day and depressed the next day, taking the express train from the mountain down to the valley. All too often. In David's good moments, no one was better than David. In his bad moments, it is hard to be worse than David. Yet God had a call. God had a plan for his life. God had a plan that he wanted to fulfill and he loved David unconditionally. That is something you and I also have in common with David, is that God loves us unconditionally. Whether we're on the mountaintop, being successful, conquering, or whether we're stumbling and falling, God loves us unconditionally and His grace is committed to us. His love is committed to us. Giants are real. We have to face them. 2020, you are going to be facing some giants. I will be facing some giants. You've you've faced them in the last years. You'll be facing them in the years to come. And in 2020, you will face some giants. What are some of their names? Could be fear. It could be the giant of failure. Or discouragement. Or revenge. Or anger. Or major health issues. I could go on and on. The good news is that we don't have to face them alone. You don't have to face your giants alone coming in 2020. The key is to focus first and most on God. You and I must refine our focus in 2020. The time the times that David focused on God, giants fell. The days he didn't focus on God, David fell. If you read 1 Samuel chapter 17 and list the observations that David made about Goliath, you will find only two observations he made about Goliath. In verses 26 and verse 36, Only two comments. Verse 26, Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? So he made note of Goliath as being one who defies the armies of the living God. Verse 36, your servant has killed both lion and bear and his uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Again, he makes note, this guy defied the, the, the armies of the living God. David didn't, he didn't bother to ask anything about Goliath's skills. Or his abilities? What is he able to accomplish? What can he do to me when I go out there? What's his reputation? What is this man like? What, you know, what kind of things has he done in the past that, he's, that he might do to me? He didn't focus on that. Nothing else mattered to David. It's, it's almost as if David never even considered Goliath. Other than to note that he was mocking God. That's the only thing he considered about him, is that he's mocking God. So he doesn't even really pay attention to Goliath. Where you see his focus is he gives much thought to God. In the same text, chapter 17 of 1 Samuel, he makes nine references to God. So his God thoughts outnumber his Goliath thoughts, nine to two. That's four times. Four point something. Two times four is eight, so four, four, uh, two times 4.5, you know. <clears throat> his God thoughts outnumber his Goliath thoughts. How does that ratio compare with yours? Do you ponder God's grace four times as much as you ponder your guilt? Is your list of blessings four times longer than your list of complaints? Is your mental file of hope four times thicker Than your mental file of dread and despair. Are you four times as likely to describe the strength of God. As you are the the stresses or demands of your day. If not. Again I say David's your man. It's like let's look at him and say I want to follow That example. I want to be God-focused. I want what my conversation, what my thoughts are, are four times more on Him than they are the giants that I face in my life. It's interesting to note that in this passage, there is no Red Sea being divided, no flaming chariots, or a dead Lazarus rising up from the grave and walking. But there's simply one, David. You can assert your your name there. There's simply one, Brian, one Katie, one Ken, one Ben, one Chris. David was a rough-edged, ruddy-looking teenager. He is a walking, talking wonder of God who demonstrated this truth. We've already stated that we can identify with David. He wasn't perfect. He probably failed more times than he succeeded. But he demonstrated this one truth, and it's a truth that I want you to go home with. It's a truth I want you to take into 2020 with you. Focus on giants. You'll stumble. Focus on God and your giants will tumble. Focus on giants, you stumble. Focus on God and your giants will tumble. Can you say that with me? Focus on giants, let's say it. Focus on giants, you tumble. Focus on God, your giants tumble. Let me encourage you that as you approach 2020 to lift your eyes and be a giant slayer. Be a giant slayer. The same God that made a miracle out of David stands ready to make a miracle out of each one of you. I want you to take hold of of that truth that when I focus on God, the giants I face this year will stumble. When I focus on giants, I'm the one that stumbles. And I'm going to... I'm going to focus on God this year. I'm going to let God make a miracle out of me. I'm going to be a giant slayer. And I want to encourage you, let's slay some giants this coming year.